0: Hey, Tyler. Oh.
1: Oh. Well, yeah. I guess, um, you know, Tyler having a dad and all is cool. Uh, that's yeah. why he's not here today because he's like, yeah. you know, I got a real dad, unlike the two of y'all. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, It is Father's Day, and all joking aside, yes, absolutely. Happy Father's Day to all of the dads out there, including, uh, well, Cam, I I just wanted to make a quick mention of this. Um, You know, when you think of daddies, um, you know, there are some... I
0: typically don't think of my father when I hear the term daddy, but okay. Uh,
1: Yeah, I would hope not. Uh, There are some... There are some rivalries in college football where there is, uh, you know, the daddy, if you will. And there are, you know, the child in the rivalry. Um, You could make the argument that uh, one of the games that we'll be talking about here momentarily is um, that way. When you've got a matchup in the Lone Star State, Um, you know, I I think you could talk about... uh, the game in the in-state rivalry between Mm -hmm. Oklahoma and Oklahoma state bedlam that, that you could say that Oklahoma is OSU's daddy. Um, Let's see. What else? What other ones would you classify? Would you consider Alabama to be Auburn's daddy?
0: UCF UConn.
1: Oh yeah. The civil conflict. So what everybody (laughs) thinks of when they think of rivalry daddies, of course, Cam, how did I not think of that?
0: Yeah. Um, I, in all seriousness, I know that one that of recent has started to kind of flip to where it's kind of stalemated, but or historically speaking, Oregon, Oregon State, in the Civil War has been very one-sided. Oregon has very much so dominated that Washington, UW, or Washington Wazoo. Is another one. Those two Pacific Northwest ones, um, Boise State, Idaho. <laughs> there, there's a few of them.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, I was looking mm-hmm. to see if I could find this. Uh, so this is um, this is a list of a couple. Um, so you could you can make the argument Alabama Mississippi State Alabama even more so is MSU's daddy uh, having an eight fourteen Winning percentage all time, and that's probably gone up since that was uh, last summer that this was posted. Obviously, as I mentioned, Oklahoma over OSU is second. Tennessee and Kentucky. Tennessee has a 739 winning percentage. In fact, Tennessee has two children uh, Tennessee has Kentucky and Vanderbilt. going to say Vanderbilt. With, yeah, with both the more obvious seven, one. Yeah, both 700 winning percentages are higher. Uh, Washington is Wazoo's daddy, all-time, according to the win percentage of 681. LSU uh, co-o- or is a co-dad of uh, Mississippi State with a 674 winning percentage. Just go through the rest of the top ten here. North Carolina is Wake Kudos Forest's LSU daddy. for
0: co-parenting. Yeah. That, that's a hard thing to navigate. It,
1: it sure is. It sure is. Uh, LSU... Uh, And Mississippi State, as we already mentioned, North Carolina is Wake Forest's daddy with a 661 winning percentage. Michigan is Michigan State's daddy with 645 uh, winning percentage all time. And that's, I I think, you know, some of these have gone up. Um, Washington beat Wazoo last year. Tennessee beat both Kentucky and Vanderbilt. Oklahoma beat Oklahoma State. Alabama beat Mississippi State. LSU beat Mississippi State. Michigan beat Michigan State. Uh, so these winning percentages may have improved. Uh, Stanford and USC. USC is Stanford's daddy, including a win last year. Their winning percentage up near uh, 650. And North Carolina is all-time North Carolina State's daddy with a 640 winning percentage. But NC State did win last year uh, in double overtime. So, well,
0: NC State's really closed up the past few years.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. So – um you know, it's just a fun little thought exercise that, uh, you know, in honor of Father's Day, what rivalries could you say that there is a, a father and a child in? Uh, those are the 10 most lopsided we'll, rivalries. We'll
0: have to get Maury on the DNA tests as well.
1: When it comes to the fatherhood of Mississippi State, Alabama, and LSU, you are both the co-fathers. That's a good win. There's a lot of people it's like Woodstock, except everybody's got their clothes on.
0: File, 69. Offense is giving them the business. Oh, claim. These people don't care. Love you, honey.
1: I almost swallowed a lemon seed there. Um, welcome Illlicious. into college. Welcome into Loudmouth CFB. That's Cam. I'm BJ. No Tyler today, obviously, as we mentioned just a few minutes ago, due to it being Father's Day. He's got more important things like a dad and a dog to to worry about
0: today. Yeah, so. happy Father's Day from the two bastards.
1: Well, I'm not, but I'm not really comfortable getting into it on air right now. But not uh, with sarcasm, I though. know. Um, all right, let's uh, let's go into the show because we've got some things to talk about since the last time we were here on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We are going to get to the SEC schedule for twenty twenty four that was dropped Wednesday. We got full thoughts and and mm-hmm. you know a lot to go into, but we're going to hold off on that for now. Let's start by going out west to mm-hmm. Boulder and some news that uh, Coach Prime. You know, he had a couple of toes amputated back in 2021. He was having to ride around on that uh, scooter with his knee propped up, if you remember that. And um, so now Colorado uh, medical staff have told him that he might have to have that foot amputated because of his ongoing blood flow problems. Um, Mm -hmm. His, uh, you know, obviously he had this left big toe and second toe. Amputated in 2021, Um, they had to do an ultrasound to determine what was the uh, cause of the pain that he has uh, in his foot when he wears shoes. And um, the Colorado surgeons told him that if the current pain in a dislocated toe isn't dealt with soon, it could lead to a more serious condition that would result in amputation. Sanders said he was aware of the risk, saying, quote, I only have eight toes, so I'm pretty sure I understand. Um, but uh, when, you, mm-hmm. when you take away a couple of the toes on your foot, instead of three arteries that put blood into the foot, 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 what the hell? Um, blood into the foot. <laughs> He's only down to one artery in his foot. Uh, because of the procedure, so, uh, the blood flow apparently is down to two thirds as opposed to full, uh, following his previous procedure, um, does not look like that it's something that they can be completely fixed. It says you can get them open, but the chances of keeping them open aren't very good. Um, he says, "I don't have feeling in the bottom of my foot at all. I just want to know what we can do because I want to do it this summer. When we get rolling, I'm not going to have time to do it." Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a it's, it's a scary sounding situation for Coach Prime. That if he you know isn't able to take care of it this summer, you know he might be you know down a whole foot, at, at, you know as opposed to. Having um, both feet.
0: Yeah, no, that's very unfortunate. It's always sad to see coaches or celebrity or all all stars that we grew up watching and helped make us fall in love with the game of football struggling with their health. And yeah, absolutely. I I will say I respect him for being fully transparent with that because there's so many times when it's just like oh he died with with players even of primetime status where it's just yeah. out of the blue and so kudos to him for being fully transparent um and more importantly hopefully it doesn't affect anything within the football program um we've all talked about it we're all Pretty high on this hire from C- that CU did, and yeah. we and we'd hate to see CU get get hosed out of something that's completely out of their control or or even Coach Prime's control. Um, so well, I mean,
1: like like he said, him- yeah, like he said, it it is good that you know he's trying to get it taken care of, while He's got some time here before the season ramps up. Uh, you know, it is something that definitely needs to be addressed by him, and, and we hope that he's going to be able to to do the necessary things to get that taken care of, so that either they can seemingly get whatever's fixed or, you know, figure out an alternative for him. Um, because, you know, it's it sounds like he's... In a situation where you know he wants there to be blood flowing again, he may just have to kind of be, as opposed to being on his feet, he might have to you know spend some more time, um, you know, maybe he can start coaching barefoot or something, and and uh, you know, and having to you know get some uh, some sitting in. Um, I've I have seen Cam. Uh, there was a coach at the D2 level. I saw a D2 game a couple of years ago, and he'd had a procedure done. I believe it was on his leg, uh, but he was still coaching, and he was riding around on like the field, um, and then like, not on the field during the game, but uh, like during timeout, he'd come from the sideline on the field in an electric uh, wheelchair kind of deal, or like motoring around kind of deal. Um, and still coaching, like he wasn't sick or anything like that. It was just easier for him to um, to recover. And so they might look at something like that for Coach Prime. It would mm-hmm. definitely be weird. He had to uh, do
0: that at Jackson State when he had the surgery on the toes.
1: Well, that was that was a just a like a scooter, I think. Uh, yeah, that that was more. He was still standing, but he was you know keeping. I the thought knee it elevated. was a full
0: blown. I thought it was a full blown electric scooter. I, either no, way, either I way, I'm so sure he'd still kick my ass in a race. But
1: for sure, oh yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, so I mean, if, worst case scenario, if if he needs to do that, where he can stand for, you know, for a bit, and then he can wheel and you know, like zoom around or whatever to different areas of the field during practice uh, to kind of. where he's not losing feeling in his foot because he's standing in shoes for so long. Um, I mean, obviously I'm no medical expert, but that's just the first thing that That came to mind for me. Yeah. That makes two of us. But so we're obviously keeping coach prime in our thoughts and prayers so that uh, nothing too severe happens to his foot. Um, we, you know, I, I hate that. It feels like we're starting off on such a, a sad note for the show. Um, Because we're talking about, you know, possible, you know, coach losing foot, getting amputated. And then we're going to move into another sad topic um, that we found out over the weekend. Um, Ray Lewis III, who is the son of pro football Hall of Famer, Miami star Ray Lewis, obviously it makes sense. Um, He's died at the age of 28 after after a suspected overdose. Um, So it's... um, it says, evidence and witness accounts show this incident to be a tragic accident, according to police. And um, Ray Lewis's former coach at Virginia Union posted a picture, uh, or no, his brother posted a picture and message, uh, but it was also addressed by uh, his former coach at Virginia Union. Mm-hmm. Uh, he spent two seasons with the Hurricanes, that's where he started his college football career, just like Pops, appeared in nine total games, primarily played on special teams. Then he went to Coastal Carolina, and then he find, he played his final college season at Virginia Union back in 2017 with 37 total tackles and three tackles for loss. Uh, former VU coach, Virginia Union coach, Mark James, commented on, his de- on Lewis's death on his personal Facebook page Young man, it was a pleasure to bring you to Virginia Union. Ray Ray, may God bless your family. Great young man. So uh it's just another just sad situation that, that we have to talk about.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's heartbreaking to see that for the Lewis family. Um his dad, Ray Lewis, has done a great job of turning his life around. Yeah. And so it's unfortunate to see thoughts and prayers go out to all the Lewis family. Um, he's, he, he never really showed the potential that like, for instance, his dad had um, just, but it's still so unfortunate to know it's a, it's an accidental overdose, even like, it yeah. don't,
1: but- that's why you got to make sure you stay clear of drugs. It's just, I mean, you, I, I don't want to make this, you know, a, a narco don't Narcotics Anonymous tricks. message or whatever. But, you know, it, it is really just such a slippery slope that once you get started with it, um, you know, it, it's, it's possible that yeah. – you know, if, if you if you're if he was doing it for the first time and he didn't know you know what he was doing, it, that's where you if, get that overdose.
0: Yeah. Even with like, for instance, alcohol, know your limit. Like, don't. Yeah. I I know that it's so, quote unquote, cool to kind of find the edge, um, or like I've seen a meme going around about the original recipe of Four Loko. And, how intense that was and it's there's a reason why things like that don't exist anymore is because those went beyond the limit of what's safe and what's healthy and yeah. so if you do choose to do it i i'm personally going to say don't but if you do for whatever reason know your limit um and don't try to be Cool or edgy or anything
1: like that Yeah, there's somebody that we're going to have to talk about tomorrow That uh, is somebody that should know better But uh, didn't And so he uh, he is now out of a job uh,
0: that, well, it, Fucked that around idiot. and found out
1: Yeah, I guess so uh, Also on the same sphere of things uh, I don't think we got a chance to talk about this on Wednesday um, Arkansas football commit uh, for the class of 2024 at Tennessee High School standout uh, Dion Stutz died Tuesday
0: I in an apparent ATV accident. It. Like I, I don't, don't remember of it because, like, if I'm not mistaken, that came out like an hour and a half, two hours before the show. So it was I thought we might
1: have fun. talked about it before the show, but I don't think we talked about it during the show. Uh, an apparent ATV accident uh, on his family farm in Batesville, Mississippi. So uh, our thoughts and prayers are out to uh, his family and to the Arkansas football family as well. Um, you hate to see a young man lose his life at any age. And unfortunately, Cam, we all three of us have had to talk about too, too many here in the past year of of, you know, young college age men, you know, having their lives cut tragically short. So mm-hmm. let's, let's shift gears. Let's talk about something a little bit more positive and something that is well overdue and and deserving. And in fact, I thought that this was um, something that had already been done, but apparently it hadn't. Um, the university of Miami, the U of course, uh, Miami is set to induct both of their national title winning coaches, Jimmy Johnson and Dennis Erickson, into their or into their ring of honor as I well would have thought as that'd
0: been done I thought so too I would yeah. have thought so too it, especially uh, I, jimmy the way that erickson ended might have left a sour taste to where it's it's somewhat understandable yeah. because he pretty much killed miami there for a few years the yeah. way that erickson ran the program but
1: so Johnson, Erickson, and former All-American running back Chuck Foreman will all be inducted. Uh, the ceremony is going to take place October 21st when the Hurricanes have Clemson in town. Um, both Johnson and Erickson coached the Hurricanes to national titles during their respective tenures. And Foreman obviously earned All-American honors before a successful NFL career in Minnesota. Erickson and Johnson will join Howard Schnellenberger as the only coaches in in the ring of honor while Foreman will become the 24th player in the group joining a list with the likes of Michael Irvin, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Warren Sapp, Sean Taylor, and Jim Kelly. But yeah, I am just really surprised that it hadn't happened before. Johnson was the coach of Miami from 84 to 88, guiding the hurricanes to 12 0 record and the national title in 87. His career record with Miami was 52 and nine before he went on to the NFL Erickson, who's only three years younger than Jimmy Johnson, uh, succeeded him, led the program to national titles in 89 and 91. So I, I beg your pardon. He's not the those are not the only two coaches to to win national titles. I don't know why I said that.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. but he Butch left. Da- or I don't think Butch Davis. Won it wasn't, I don't think it was Butch Davis. But, but Larry Coker won one. as Yeah, well. that's right.
1: That's right. Yeah. Um, Erickson led the program to the national titles in eighty nine, ninety one. After six seasons and a sixty three and nine record, he left to the NFL to become the coach of Seattle. Um, I can't find anything about why it took so long. Um, maybe there's a specific,
0: yeah.
1: like you know, criteria waiting period, but you wouldn't think mm-hmm. that it would. It I wouldn't would.
0: think so either. Um, yeah, but. Honestly, of all the coaches at Miami during that tenure, those are the three who should be. Um, Schnellenberger did a lot, laid down the foundation Mm there. Um, Johnson took over, took it to a new level. Then Erickson was able to sustain that level. Um, Granted, it got a little muddy when he left, but he – but. All three extremely successful coaches. And as far as on-the-field coaches, fantastic coaches. Can't say anything otherwise about anything that they've done on the field.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just the one that really just kind of sticks out like a crawdad is that Jimmy Johnson wasn't in it sooner. I, I really thought that, I, that I he was he in there. Be. Yeah, I thought he was too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, if if they're such sticklers that you know it, they only have three once uh, Erickson and, and Johnson are inducted, then it may be that's the reason why it took so long. It's like, hey, you know, these guys won national championships. What are we doing
0: here? Well, and then like you look at it afterwards, maybe Butch Davis, the way that he was able to build back up post Erickson sanctions. But the way Coker ended, absolutely not. Since that was like downhill.
1: Yeah, Um, and I don't know if Butch Davis is going to get the credit that he deserves. And I was going
0: to say, and even then, I don't think Davis is going to get in. So those are the three who are, because before Schnellenberger, Miami was nothing. So what about
1: Manny Diaz or Mario Cristobal? It's a little too soon to say on Mario
0: Diaz. Definitely not. No, definitely not. (laughs) Though, kind of got shafted by his own university. Yeah. But Cristobal, like, we've already seen fans crying for his head. So we'll see.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we will. All right, uh, shifting gears, let's talk a little bit about uh, some uh, just a one little minor recruiting note. Uh, four Very star positive news. Yeah, four-star quarterback Austin Simmons, he's a class of 2025, has flipped from Florida to Ole Miss, but that's not the most notable res- uh, thing about this. Um, he is reclassifying to the class of 2023 because he is such a smart, gifted young man. And had what a (laughs) 5.34 GPA? Yeah, uh,
0: he's gonna graduate a school like from a school like Ole Miss in like a year and a half. Yeah,
1: he he finished his high school or like high school classes by the time he was a freshman, which is just unheard of. So, as opposed to being you know class 2025 waiting a couple years doing nothing, he is flipping Mm -hmm. from Florida to Ole Miss and joining Lane Kiffin and the Rebels. He's not going to be. At the, I would imagine at this point, especially with uh, you know coming in here in, in the month of June, he's he's yeah. going to redshirt. I would I would have to imagine. I'd uh,
0: imagine so. And, but and it's even understandable.
1: still, even still, but, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, it,
0: kudos to him. Um, a buddy of ours in a group chat shared his GPA yesterday. Yeah. Wasn't it like a five point two four?
1: I thought it was five point three four, but let me see if I can yeah, find it. either that, way, but. it was
0: like it. Like I saw that number and I was like, I didn't know GPAs could do that. Granted, I was always a B to C, a C to B student in in school. So
1: yeah, it says five point three four GPA. Finished high school classes as a freshman. Plans to enroll this summer. Um, just. Just interesting.
0: Yeah, he MD, right.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, he's he's you know, like I said, a gifted young man. Um, so now that he's joining Good for him. The, yeah, absolutely. Now that he's joining Ole Miss, he's he's in a position he'll he'll redshirt this year and have a chance, you know, with when uh you know, we imagine it'll be Spencer Sanders at least to start off. Um, but he's not gonna be around next year. I don't know what jackson dart's going to do but they also have walker howard it's going to be an interesting qb battle it's for, be a fun one yeah for the rebels here to to watch them um six foot two 180 pounds uh was initially committed to florida um he did said something or i saw something about you know i don't know if this is true or not he had said uh, that uh you know citing the tough schedule or something. And I just, I don't know if I'd buy that because it's not like he's going from P5 to a G5 and reclassifying. He's just going from Florida to Ole Miss. And if he's, you know, reclassifying to this year, you know, there is a little bit of an of a easier non-conference schedule for Ole Miss, but we can look ahead to next year and try to see. I mean, we'll talk about their conference schedule, but we know how tough the SEC is. Conference schedule is going to be, you know, all the time. Across the board. Oh, yeah, everybody's got a tough schedule in the SEC, even those that have the easier schedules. But, you know, next year's non-conference schedule for Ole Miss includes an FCS game in Furman, the Blue Raiders in Middle Tennessee, Georgia Southern, and they play at for Forest. So it still is definitely uh, an easier uh, non-conference than Miami or than Florida, who's got oh, yeah. Miami, UCF, uh, and Florida State. They're playing all three of the non-conference. Uh, the three
0: major Florida schools.
1: Yeah, and they also have Sanford, which is their you know easy win, if you will. Um, but so I I don't know if I buy that necessarily, Cam. But it is interesting to see. Uh, He's the fourth quarterback in the 2025 class, the 75th uh, or 58th overall prospect, according to 247, but not re-ranked for the 2023 cycle.
0: Yeah, either way, that's a big pickup for Ole Miss. It sure is. A kid who's got that kind of potential. Um, It's what this program needs long-term. No offense to Jackson Dart. And Spencer Sanders, Spencer Sanders, obviously being only a year, but Jackson Dart, from what we've seen, he's not been bad, but he also hasn't blown you out of the water. So Yeah.
1: He said to Coach Kiffin and the rest of the coaching staff, thank you for giving me this opportunity to bring a national championship to Oxford. He's a two sports star who also hopes to contribute to Ole Miss's baseball program as a pitcher and an outfielder, uh, so that's pretty interesting. That's the uh, part
0: that makes sense, because Ole Miss doesn't have a terrible baseball program.
1: I? I mean, they were they were the national champions just last year, mm-hmm. but they weren't as good this year, and, and neither of the Mississippi schools made the, the tournament after being the last two national champions, believe it or not, uh, which is just crazy. Um, reclassifying two years required what Simmons described as accelerated learning took additional classes to get ahead beginning his freshman year of high school he played his 2022 high school season at Pahokee High School in Florida where he broke Anquan Bolden's school record for passing yards with 3242 on the season he also threw 24 touchdowns to 9 picks and ran for three scores so interesting nice. yeah interesting this uh, decision by him to classify a couple years early um, and and join the Rebels Homer Simpson Nerd <laughs> Somehow I knew you'd be saying that today But alright Time to get into The main topic of today's uh, Episode Is that the 2024 SEC schedule The conference slate at least mm-hmm. uh, Was revealed the other night And we'll go team by team uh, And kind of talk you about You who- to pull that up yeah, go ahead and pull, throw that up on the screen if you want to take this off. Um, so that's the, uh, the the home games are in the white boxes. I will be reading these just for uh, those who are listening as opposed to watching, of course. But uh, it is on screen. Alabama will be hosting Auburn, Georgia, Missouri, and South Carolina while they travel to LSU Oklahoma, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. Pretty interesting. Um, you made the comment, Cam, that uh, Alabama has probably their toughest schedule in years this uh, oh, in 2024.
0: Easily, but that's just because the SEC has been giving, making sure that they have teams like Vanderbilt, historically Kentucky, teams like that that are cakewalks, essentially, besides the essential like Tennessee rivalry.
1: And yeah. And, and like it's good that. to see, you see the rivalries that have been protected already. Mm-hmm. Alabama gets Auburn, LSU and Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, which is what everybody really wants. And the fact that they didn't do nine games, but we still get all three of those games for Alabama is huge. Uh, Arkansas, they have, they will be hosting LSU and Ole Miss as well as Tennessee and Texas, Renewal of the Southwest Conference rival there. Uh, they will be traveling to Auburn, to Mississippi State, to Missouri, and then, of course, they'll be playing the neutral site game in Arlington, Texas at AT&T Stadium with Texas A&M. So a lot of the uh, you know SEC West opponents, they've got uh, both of their Southwest Conference rivals uh, that they'll be playing again as well as the Golden Boots. They kept that. They'll play both of the Mississippi schools. That's a really like- solid. Yeah, really mm-hmm. solid schedule for Arkansas and, and mm-hmm. in terms of keeping the rivalries that we all have come to appreciate. Uh Auburn of course, we talked about they're at Alabama, they host Arkansas. They also get to host Oklahoma, Texas A&M and Vanderbilt while they will travel to Georgia, to Kentucky and to Missouri. So of course we get the Iron Bowl. Um mm-hmm. we get the, the the you know, the rivalry of of uh the deep South's oldest rivalry with Auburn and Georgia playing both of those games on the Mm -hmm. road. And then you get some other matchups that have been interesting as of late Auburn and Arkansas, Auburn and Texas A&M. You know, we don't see Auburn and LSU, but uh, I think Auburn is okay with that. Um, And it's not a bad schedule in all honesty. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, no, it's really not like this is, this is one of the more favorable ones, and I will give the SEC credit to a little bit of, bit of a degree. They did a good mm-hmm. job of creating a well-balanced schedule. Yeah. I think for the first time in their conference history, because for so long we saw Alabama and Georgia get easier draws mm-hmm. across conference. And so yes. it's really refreshing to see – they they had talked about it and they were like okay we probably have historically we will neither confirm nor deny that yeah um, one way or the other but we will with this 2024 schedule create a more balanced schedule and it really does feel like overall they have so yeah and,
1: and i'm interested to see for auburn i think this is actually you know kind of up there in terms of Tougher schedules, that we'll, but we'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, going to both Alabama and Georgia definitely makes it one of the toughers. Um, oh, definitely. Florida will be hosting Kentucky, hosting LSU. So keep the a couple of those rivalries together that Florida has come to develop. The one that I'm really sad that we couldn't get this year, but should expect to see that in 2025 because we don't see it in 2024 is the Florida Auburn rivalry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Florida will also be hosting Ole Miss and Texas A&M while they will play as the road team in Jacksonville at TIA Bank Field when they played Georgia. They kept the, you know, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party uh, rivalry, of course. As they should, yes. Florida will also travel to Mississippi State. Florida will travel to Neyland to take on Tennessee, and Florida will go to Austin, Texas to play the Longhorns. So, I like this. this is a really good blend of, you know, some of the rivalries that Florida has had over the years in the East and giving them some new opponents. I love, you know, Florida playing Ole Miss. That's the, the Tebow game back in a way where he said, I promise you this, that we'll, we will not lose a game the rest of the way. Um, uh, and then Florida, uh, playing, um, uh, Their their rivals in Kentucky and LSU and Georgia and Tennessee. I I really
0: like this schedule. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that as well.
1: Here's Georgia's. Georgia has Auburn and Florida. They're the home team in in, uh, Jacksonville. They're hosting Mississippi State and Tennessee, as you'd expect. So Georgia and Tennessee uh, keep the rivalry. Then Georgia, as we already mentioned, is going to travel to Alabama. They get to go to Brian Denny, which is going to be really interesting. Uh, Georgia will play at Kentucky. They will play at Ole Miss. So they're getting back-to-back years playing the Rebels uh, as well as traveling to Texas. So they'll play in Austin as well. Uh, Depending upon when that game is, I may try to go to that. Uh, That's going to be really interesting. I've already kind of – you know, t- tried to tentatively make plans to see uh, Alabama at Oklahoma as well as Georgia at Texas in 2024. That's how excited I am for this. And I'm not an SEC guy. I'm, my team's not an SEC team, but I mean, I'm just. It's interesting that you know you're getting these kind of opponents that are you know hours upon hours of driving usually away that will relatively be closer to me. You know, I mean, I'm I'm about oh, I'm yeah, about three hours from both. Um, Norman and and, uh, Austin here in in the DFW area. Um, Take advantage of it while
0: you can. Yeah,
1: I'm going to try to for sure. I'm definitely going to try. Kentucky, we've already talked about they get to host Auburn and Georgia. They are at Florida, but they host South Carolina and Vanderbilt. They are at Ole Miss, so the Kentucky kind of Ole Miss rivalry that has been you know, not really a thing, but kind of a thing the past couple of years is, is continuing Kentucky also goes to Tennessee and they will go to Texas. So Florida, Georgia, and Kentucky all going to Texas is, is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's three of the four home games that Texas gets. We'll tell you the other here in just a sec, uh, Kentucky at Florida at Ole Miss ten- at Tennessee at Texas. Yeah. Pretty, pretty. I mean, they they've got some tougher games, but that's mm-hmm. not that terrible. For I, them.
0: Again, it seems pretty balanced. Um, yes. Um. So, not not too many games that they're going to be favored in. Granted, they're Kentucky, but
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Mark Stoops has got them. Especially God. if Devin Leary can get things going. Obviously, we're talking about next year, not this year, but. Um, if, if they can continue kind of yeah, sustaining it, success that they've had,
0: yeah. And I will say it's hard to project two years out.
1: Yes. Um, yeah.
0: Even in today's so uh, much can change landscape. in an off season. Yeah. Even in today's landscape where we see recruits committing three, four years out, because we see so many of those recruits be like, you know what? Never mind. This school isn't a fit for me. Let me go over here instead. Yeah. The transfer portal is um, definitely... There coaching changes. There could be all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, and the transfer portal has, has definitely helped to amplify that. Uh, let's talk about LSU. They get to host Alabama. They get to host Ole Miss. They get to host Oklahoma. And they get to host Vanderbilt. While they travel to Arkansas, to Florida, to South Carolina, and to Texas A&M. So that's pretty... Pretty good schedule for LSU. They get to keep mm-hmm. a lot of their rivals uh, that they've played here over the years, and you know, I mean, I, I see f- four, uh, mm-hmm. four or five different little rivalry games that LSU has that they were able to protect, as well as oh, that uh, what Tyler said on Wednesday about the the 2019 rematch in the in the game that really wasn't a game uh, between LSU and Oklahoma in the Peach Bowl. I think that was the semifinal mm-hmm. that. Joe Burrow just, you know, pretty much ran through Jalen Hurts in that uh, Oklahoma team. Yeah. Ole Miss will be hosting Georgia, hosting Kentucky, hosting Mississippi State, the Egg Bowl, as you would expect, and hosting Oklahoma while they travel to Arkansas, to Florida, to LSU, and to South Carolina. Pretty balanced, easy schedule. No. Uh, no Alabama for. Ole Miss, which I'm sure they are, you know, kind of a little bit drilled about, at least not for 2024. Mississippi State gets to host Arkansas, gets to host Florida. They are at Georgia. They will play at Ole Miss. And then they host Missouri. They are at Tennessee. They host Texas AM, and they're at Texas. So, pretty interesting uh, little blend of, of games there for Mississippi State. They also. Will not be playing Alabama for the first time in quite a long time, Cam. Uh, you know, obviously, oh, we talked yeah. about one sided rivalries, um, but it is still one that has been played a lot. And even if it is one sided, Mississippi State, you know, they haven't won since I think 2006, Cam, if yeah. I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure that there's definitely some mixed emotions there because. I'm sure that at the same token, they are like, hey, we don't have Alabama on our schedule. Must be nice, right? First time in so long. Yeah.
1: Uh, Just giving it a quick back glance, it looks like this will be 2024, will be the first time since 1947. They played every year since 1948 um, that they have not played
0: Makes sense. They were both inaugural members of the SEC, so
1: yeah. All right, we've got a few more teams to go here. I'll try to go a little bit quicker, but I mean, we are talking and giving our thoughts on these. Missouri, they get to host Arkansas. They get to host Auburn. They're at Alabama. They're at Mississippi State. They host Oklahoma. They're at South Carolina. They host Vanderbilt, and they're at Texas A&M. A pretty good blend. of rivalries for Missouri that they've developed yeah. uh, I, I was gonna
0: I was gonna say actually, like I like that they get both Oklahoma and a and m yeah because those were both competitive. those were games where Missouri always managed to just kind of hang around and went back when they were in the big in 12. the big twelve,
1: yeah. And then Missouri, of course, getting to keep the rivalry with Arkansas that has been developed uh, over the past decade. Uh, I feel like this is a better blend, so they don't have to go to the – they go to uh, South yeah. Carolina is their furthest road game. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody else is, is much closer to them. I'm sure that they appreciate that, having been in the SEC East for a decade, that now they get to play a better blend of closer games to home. They don't have to go so far. When they play on the road in conference play,
0: yeah, no, I I definitely agree with that statement. Like, I think that they are very excited about that because we see yeah. so many fans in the SEC able to kind of travel around, and Mizzou had always struggled with that just because it's like so isolated. Yeah, this edition of Texas and Oklahoma really helps them be able to do that. So,
1: Absolutely. And speaking of Oklahoma, this might be, Cam, this might be the toughest schedule in the SEC next year. It might be. Uh, Let's go through it and see what you think. Oklahoma gets Alabama home. They are at Auburn. They're at LSU. They're at Ole Miss. They're at Missouri. They host South Carolina. They host Tennessee. And then, of course, they're the home team. But they're keeping their rivalry with Texas in the Cotton Bowl at uh, in Dallas. Um, but they get a pretty pretty tough schedule. In all honesty,
0: yeah, no this this is definitely the one where it's the toughest. Like yeah, I feel like it has clear, to be. Th- this is clear that Oklahoma definitely has the tougher um schedule as far as we. We've all we've both talked about it. We've both mentioned it. We, we both we we both feel like the SEC did a better job. This is where we start to see the SEC of old though. <laughs> where it's like <laughs> it's it's, th- it's
1: definitely a gauntlet.
0: Where one school winds up with the schedule that you see, and it's just like you have Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss is still gonna be good as long as Lane Kiffin's there. Alabama is always going to be tough with Saban. We we all really like what South Carolina is building with Beamer. What Tennessee's building with, um, Heupel. Yeah. Um, Texas OU is historically a extremely close rivalry. There's no daddy in that rivalry.
1: Yeah. Plus, you're talking about having to go into two of the more raucous environments in the sec when you talk about jordan Hare and death valley the
0: jungle and death valley absolutely yeah
1: yeah uh, i just also noticed they get all three of the sec's tiger uh mascots on the road because they go auburn lsu and missouri all on the road which is just funny uh <laughs> not having tyler I here to talk about
0: that
1: yeah i just realized it myself Not having Tyler here to talk about South Carolina's schedule, Uh, obviously he made the joke about Georgia ducking South Carolina, uh, which is the case. They don't. South Carolina does not get Georgia on the schedule in twenty twenty four, but they do host LSU, Ole Miss, Missouri, and Texas a And M. So that rivalry that uh, started back in twenty fourteen or or whenever when they did the uh, the divisional uh, scheduling how they did it for, for A&M in South Carolina, um, will continue. South Carolina does go to Alabama, to Kentucky, to Oklahoma, and to Vanderbilt as well. That's, I mean, it, it could be tougher. It's just pretty, mm-hmm. you know, I think a little bit more middle of the road, to me at least. But they've got some some interesting games uh, next year that they, you know, we'll have to worry about. The LSU and A&M games at home, Ole Miss, you know, as well. And then every time you have to go to Alabama, uh, it does feel like their road games are at least a little bit more manageable than their home mm-hmm.
0: games. Oh, and I'll definitely agree with that. Um, their home games feel like they could be favored in a lot mm-hmm. of them, um, which makes sense. williams Bryce is a notoriously tough place to play. Willie, and, mm-hmm. and then there they get a lot of their tough games on the road, anyways. With Alabama, Lexington's never easy for an East opponent. We'll see if that carries forward. South when, Carolina uh,
1: did win history. there last year yeah. uh, when they were an underdog, yeah. and I think it's the first time the they've way... won in a decade.
0: Yeah, and then all the way out to uh, Norman.
1: Yeah. That's it's it's going to be interesting because that is a flight almost halfway across the continent. So um, Neyland Stadium, we'll see Tennessee host Alabama, which is obviously what we talked about—the uh, renewal of the third Saturday in October. Tennessee gets to host Florida as well, which is what you'd want. Tennessee gets to host Kentucky, so three big rivals there, as well as Tennessee hosting Mississippi State. Tennessee is at Arkansas, at Georgia. They get to play the the Bulldogs again, that little mini budding rivalry, as well as they travel to Norman and they will go to Vanderbilt. So a lot of Tennessee's rivals, they do get to keep on the schedule uh, in 2024. I I think Mm -hmm. Tennessee has to be really pleased in terms of the rivalry standpoint. Now, in terms of maybe the easiness of the schedule, they might have a little bit more of a gripe, but You know, this is actually, you know, pretty manageable. In all honesty, I think that they're, you know, they're they're up there in terms of probably one of the top five toughest schedules. I would say.
0: I'd lean more towards six, but but either way, they're definitely in the top half there. Yes, yes, and um, I I guess they're happy that they're in state. Quote unquote rivalry is Vanderbilt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but even then, kudos to Clark Lee for what he's building there in Nashville.
1: Yes. Yeah. And it's not going to be a gimme. It never is. There's no, I don't think there really is any gimmies anymore in the, no. the SEC. Texas hosting Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, and Mississippi State. Texas travels to Arkansas. To Oklahoma, well, they'll be the road team in the Cotton Bowl. Texas will renew their rivalry, as we talked about a little bit on Wednesday. With Texas A and they'll be the road team in Kyle Field. That's where the rivalry ended for for a while, in 2011, with Texas I Justin am, Tucker kicking that last-second walk-off field goal to beat yeah. the Aggies. Yeah, and then re- Texas re- plays at Vanderbilt.
0: Yeah. I will say this. I am really 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 excited that texas versus texas a&m is back just because those like on cfb reddit on places like that those two schools are like whenever when they are the they are the epitome of torturing each other like, it is so much fun to see that rivalry online. So uh, yes. seeing it back after a few years away is going to be so much fun. There, there's Like, it's going to be toxic, so be careful on social media that week. But your Texas and Texas a and m fans are going to be so much fun to watch. But-
1: this is really interesting because of this. There was a uh, there are a lot of uh, like his significant moments in the uh, rivalry's history. I did not know that JFK was scheduled to speak on the campus of Aus- uh, on the campus of UT in Austin uh, days before the game was played, uh, and then you know was assassinated. Um, a lot of the games that were scheduled that week were not played. Because of the assassination of uh, the president, but Texas and Texas A and M still played in '63, and Texas overcame a 10-point fourth-quarter deficit, scoring 12 unanswered to cap an undefeated regular season. Um, you know, it's it's uh, obviously you can talk about the bonfire game uh, as one of the biggest moments in in the um, the rivalry's history. The you know 59-foot bonfire. Collapsed, killing 12 and injuring 27 more. And 86,000 people attended the game the the uh, the following week when AM upset number seven Texas in one of the most emotional moments of the game uh, in the rivalry's history. Um, also, of course, in, in 05, when Texas was trying to go for the BCS national championship and was down at halftime to AM, but then Texas came back. Uh, winning that game forty to twenty nine um so big rivalry uh, you know a lot of good stuff in that you know rivalry over the years and and definitely happy to see it back for the in-state rivals now if they could both lose that would be great no <laughs>
0: Beach, be careful out there you live in you live in Texas. like I oh know I'm, Dallas, I'm, i i i know I know it's the DFW area, but that's where a lot of Texas and AM.
1: Yes, there are definitely a lot of up. longhorns and aggies up in the Metroplex. Uh, that's kind of what made the Southwest Conference why, you know, so cool was that a lot of you know the, the alumni were all, you know, living in the same areas and they could trash talk. You know, you'd go in the office and you know, if TCU had beaten uh, Texas Tech the previous weekend said oh, we got you this year or you know if if Rice had taken down Houston in the Houston area it would have been you know the talk of the town mm-hmm. or the Texas A&M losing to Baylor or, or the Texas beating Texas Tech you know that's just what made it so cool was when you know you had all of these uh, schools and their alumni bases were all over and you know the memes, if you will, back then in the trash yeah, the, talk. Was, the was Rice so fans
0: point. would celebrate their wins over Houston with a 12-hour D&D campaign or something like that. Why
1: do we choose to go to the moon? Why does Rice play Texas? I can't I can't do a JFK impression. Um,
0: One of the better speeches, though.
1: Yes, absolutely, and something I'm sure we'll, we'll bring back up in the fall because Texas mm-hmm. and Rice are scheduled to, uh, play to, to play again this each year, other.
0: So yeah, is
1: that's week landing, that's, that's week one, right? It's week one, right?
0: Something like that. I think so, so. In about six to seven years, Elon Musk is going to start um, <sighs> start <laughs> start actually settling in on the moon in his little, all right in his little campus up there.
1: Yeah, he's got the, the colony on the moon. All right, okay. <laughs> Uh, we got two more teams. Texas A&M will be playing Arkansas in AT&T Stadium, as we mentioned already. a and will also host LSU, Missouri, and Texas. They are at Auburn, at Florida, at Mississippi State, and at South Carolina. And Vanderbilt will host Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Texas. While they will travel to Auburn, Kentucky, LSU, and Missouri. So that is uh, that's the SEC schedule and. 2024. Now we talked about who has the toughest schedule. That's gotta be up there in Oklahoma's gotta be, if not the toughest, one of the toughest, but who has the easiest schedule in your mind, Cam, because I can give you a couple of candidates, at least to me, it looks like on paper. Um, to me, it really feels like you, you know, if you're Arkansas, you got a a really good favorable, uh, Favorable schedule you don't get Alabama Or Georgia on the schedule Texas got a pretty easy You know yeah I was late for, say, for the First year in the conference
0: mm-hmm. Yeah I I Was gonna say Auburn and Texas Are the two that spring into my mind Yeah you know, immediately Um, As far as Easiest even then Like they're Balanced enough did
1: you say Auburn or Arkansas
0: I meant I, I think I said okay. Auburn by meant okay, to say just Arkansas sure. though. Because I had I had just seen Auburn on the thing.
1: Yeah, you're good. And so
0: yeah, but Arkansas and Texas definitely are the two that are probably the most favorable or like you look at it and it's like, oh, they're they're gonna be favored in I, I see quite a few games where they could be favored in. However, mm-hmm. at the same time, Set it throughout the thing. Kudos to the SEC. It's still definitely a lot more balanced than it used to be.
1: Yeah. LSU Ole Miss kind of got a little bit easier schedules too, if we're being yeah. honest.
0: Yeah, those are kind of the four easiest ones. Yeah. But yeah, even, even then, they all have their moments that are – Depending upon how the schedule lays out as well, that could be tough. Because, like, for instance, could you imagine Texas getting um, OU, such an emotional rivalry, Mm -hmm. then Florida-Georgia back-to-back?
1: Oh, yeah. Man, that would be
0: there are ways that those could definitely still be extremely tough schedules. Yeah. So uh, just, just I, I, based
1: on the way that they schedule everything, um, yeah. it, it could be very interesting. Yeah. You know, obviously I, I, we know we'll, the opponents. We don't know the schedule just yeah. yet.
0: We'll need to wait until next year when we actually see like, Oh, this team plays this week, this team plays this week as to them. Cause for all we know, it could wind up being to where Oklahoma, Winds up the way that the schedule Lays out as being One of the easier schedules You just never know Um, Absolutely That's why I'm so hesitant Sitting here a year out saying Yeah This one's going to be brutal This one's going to be easy Like I And why I came back to Well this is about more balanced Than it used to be Let me tell you
1: Definitely yeah um, also, we talked about a rivalry renewing with Texas A&M-Texas. One of the ones that may be, you know, a, a fatality as a result of Oklahoma and Texas uh, leaving for the SEC is Bedlam. Kind of talked about that earlier. Uh, there is – Okie you know,
0: State, get good. There you go. Problem solved. Uh, so the
1: timetable's timetable is unclear uh, because Oklahoma Oklahoma State are not scheduled to meet again on the football field for uh, going forward until, uh, you know – at least after this season but there's not any ill will they're they're hoping that they can uh get things figured out um to yeah, the you know, resume still,
0: as of right now the SEC still has four uh non-conference games that's a hell of a lot easier than if it was cut down to three so that way yeah we don't I I imagine
1: it will be cut we down to three
0: Stater whatever the fuck school. Yeah.
1: But, you know, they're all there's also non-conference scheduled ga- games that have been scheduled so far out mm-hmm. that, you know, you got to have to go through and, and figure all those out before you would be able to um, get that schedule. Plus, I mean, Oklahoma, you know, has other rivalries with, you know, like Nebraska and, and some other schools mm-hmm. that, you know, Kansas State, they're not scheduled to play them. Um, I don't think they're playing them this year. And since they're going to the SEC – you know, can't, they're going to go yeah. off to the SEC with Kansas State having one three of the final four meetings. I can't I'm okay with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, I know um, that's what you're okay but, with that, but, but I'm not but sure anyways, that it's not something they want. Yeah, but anyways, um, at the same time, though, Kansas State OU was never as intense as Oklahoma State. Oh, yeah. OU. Anything in-state so,
1: is, is always going to be more of the intense, but we're still waiting. Oh, you know, trust
0: got, me, I know. Both, both. Both the big schools in my state are bitches.
1: Yeah. We, you know, we're still waiting for other rivalries. We're getting Texas, Texas a and back, but mm. we're still waiting for another casualty of the uh, conference realignment in Kansas and Missouri to be played again. That was something that we haven't seen played since uh, Missouri well, left And Even this past
0: bowl season was interesting. Because yeah. There was a rumor the, that, that the, Kansas, Missouri was supposed to There was bowl. a rumor. And then, misso was like,
1: yeah no, we wouldn't play that bowl game, but it, it ended up being because Missouri had won against Arkansas they got the better pecking order uh, and mm-hmm. so the Liberty Bowl went with Arkansas because they had lost the game and mm-hmm. and they'd already wanted Kansas there um, but there was a time you know it, it, but um, know. it would have been but I think you know didn't Missouri need that win for bowl eligibility right and if they hadn't won that yeah, game, then we wouldn't have say. gotten Kansas Missouri anyway. Yeah, so I don't yeah, know. And
0: that would have been a fun bull matchup to see, just because oh, yeah. like that's one of the few exceptions. Kansas Missouri is absolutely brutal as far as rivalries yes. go. Those two schools don't like each other. There's no. more respect between between K State and Kansas. Yeah, and there is. Mizzou, the
1: Sunflower Showdown. And- and- uh, Oklahoma State athletic director has cited logistical issues uh, as a as the primary reason why the series would likely go on hiatus once Oklahoma heads to the SEC. Um, but they are there is room to believe that uh, the schools can find a way to resume the Bedlam series so once existing non conference commitments are complete.
0: What I'm hearing is you're a bitch.
1: It says we're going to play each other in a variety of sports going forward. We don't have those dates yet on the schedule, but we've been talking about those. And I think in time we'll find an opportunity to work game or dates for football that are mutually agreeable Mm -hmm. to both institutions that there might be out there or or that might be out there ways. I think in the end that'll end up happening. Uh, Oklahoma does have a vacancy on its schedule as soon as 2024, one that is required to be filled Mm -hmm. by a power five opponent. Uh, Sooners were planning for a nine-game Big 12 schedule and three non-conference opponents before the uh, agreement with the Big 12 in February to depart for the SEC. Oklahoma State, however, does not have any vacancies because uh, Big 12 does plan to maintain the nine-game conference schedule, uh, which is the biggest reason why Oklahoma State and Oklahoma couldn't play next year. Um, So.
0: And I'm sure that we'll see Bedlam return one day. There's enough bowl matchup overlap there between the SEC and the Big 12. Because there's a few even outside of the Liberty Bowl, if memory serves, that they match up against each other. Yeah, the Tech Bowl, if
1: I'm not mistaken. There might be a few others as well. Yeah.
0: And so I'm sure that we'll see it at some point, maybe in a bowl matchup. Um, But... That, it it
1: wouldn't be right. We'd have yeah, to have it as like, a head and head, home and home. Yeah,
0: historically speaking, yes, that has been somewhat one sided, just because Oklahoma's been a been on the verge of being a blue blood for a few different yeah. decades. Some people have them as a blue blood, um, and um, for so long, and Oklahoma State has lagged behind. However, there's been so many cool moments. That would be cool to have that back at some point.
1: Absolutely. All right, well.
0: Speaking of which, do you remember that one interception from Bedlam where the Oklahoma State bats it back in bounds?
1: Yeah, that's one of the best rivalry moments. If it yeah, if it ends up going down and and Oklahoma wins this year, that that twenty twenty one game in uh, in Stillwater will be the last time that Oklahoma State won in the series. Um, I think you have to go back if I'm not mistaken, Cam. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, You know, Texas beat Texas A&M in that last matchup, but the time before that was a Texas A&M win if I'm not mistaken. I am pulling
0: that up right now.
1: I think it was. Let's see here. Uh, it was indeed a 24-17 okay. win for Texas A&M in Austin. Um, so, I mean, just think about this. The last time that these two teams played, AM and Texas, the coaches were Mac Brown for Texas and Mike Sherman for Texas A&M. My, how much things have changed in over a decade since Both the have been
0: through played. two to three coaches depending upon how this year goes, probably.
1: Yeah. All right, well, that's going to do it for us here at Loudmouth CFB for this week's installment. We'll be back on Wednesday for another exciting show. Probably have some good topics of conversation, if I had to imagine. I don't know if we're going to get a whole lot of news this week that trickles out, but if we do, you will know about it when we tell you here on Wednesday. Don't forget to check out Loudmouth Weekly tomorrow. A uh, we'll have a new uh, U.S. Open champion, or we might have a repeat. I don't know. I haven't been paying attention. Uh,
0: we'll find out know. tonight, today. Uh,
1: yes, yes, we will. Um, obviously, you know, we talked about it a little bit last week, but now Vegas and Denver have clinched their uh, championships each in five games, as we expected. You know, uh, Omaha is thinning out the herd. We'll have a couple of teams, I think. Eliminated by tomorrow night's episode, and uh, well, whatever else we can figure out to talk about in the meantime, I'm sure there will be some good
0: sports world.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a pretty prominent person that uh, may have gotten himself in a little bit of legal trouble that will will
0: be addressed. Stay tuned to find out who.
1: I'm sure they know who can but anyway, uh, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Loudmouth Sports Network, as well as if you're over on Spotify, check us out on YouTube. And if you're on the YouTube, check us out. Our Spotify show is Loudmouth CFB. And until then, until tomorrow, we will see you next time on Loudmouth CFB.